Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. we've indeed canvassed a plethora of topics on this self-help motivational platform, yet have not embarked upon physical health. However, women's health and hygiene resonate very strongly with me, given new discoveries. Moreover, a recent conversation with my primary care physician revealed that I've been, quote, overdoing it in the feminine hygiene realm and essentially doing more harm than good. Whatever happened to the mantra, cleanliness is next to godliness? Hmm, how can you be too clean? Me personally, I love feeling and smelling like a bed of roses every solitary waking day of my life, within and beyond the bedroom and bolted doors, might I add. Ladies and gentlemen, is anyone with me in this regard? Okay, perhaps I'm just a shy bit OCD when it comes to housekeeping and personal hygiene, which I pride myself upon. Therefore, If you could only fathom my facial expression comprised of perplexity and dismay amid bewilderment as she rattled off a slew of contrary grooming recommendations while cognitive dissonance reared its loathsome head yet again. Now, I've been enlightened light years prior about the ills of vaginal vaginal douching, but the rest, the latest findings, are outright astonishing. Case in point, my physician graced me with the ramifications of using various personal care products I'd utilized for years being the neat freak Felix Unger personality that I am, which encompasses my body care. My dear mother can substantiate my meticulous hygienic practices emanating from my childhood, and needless to say, I drove her absolutely mad with them. Please forgive me, Mom. I humbly and sincerely apologize for my clean freak antics and hope you're listening attentively right about now. Nevertheless, this dumbfounding dialogue I'd alluded to with the aforementioned practitioner spurred me to host an episode embodying facts versus fallacies pertaining to hygienic practices from a licensed, credentialed, and credible women's physician and source. Dr. C. Nicole Swiner, an MD, best-selling author, publisher, and adjunct professor, will join us this episode to bear the welcome truths versus outdated myths in this arena. So let's extinguish the ignorance by virtue of receiving factual enlightenment. Please note, this episode is being orchestrated for both genders, and I implore everyone to listen in and kindly take note. After all, we all aspire to sustain our happy, healthy nether regions. Do you have yours? I have mine. But first, an original prose poem in which I chisel for your aesthetic fancies, titled Dual Capacity, Sea of Bewilderment. Haunting visions plague the depths of her consciousness, swollen, 
embedded, comprised of retrograde images of liquid cascading, gliding, flowing down demure melanated skin, hydrating her parched spirit induced by the campaign of foes, fallen rain permeating through every orifice in her pristine abode, thy body and thy temple. Disrupting the Zen by virtue of the din of rapid waters campaigning against the petrified foundation, pummeling the oak bearing the scaffold of vulnerability to visible, prevalent and unseen antagonists obstructed by naked, unclosed eyes, rather dank, soiled windows, portals to unscathed souls. Until knights, noble men striding in on scarlet horses, stallions, capes trailing, whisking in subarctic wind, sees the distressed damsel from her opulent turned abrupt fluid quarters along she, alongside she, herself, pouring into the sea of bewilderment engulfing her. She, groping, grasping, scrambling, gasping for sparse air, a hair above the surface, defying the cognitive dissonance, staking its claim, unearthing beckoned restitution. Without further ado, I introduce to you Dr. C. Nicole Swiner. Welcome to the Re- Recalibrating the Scales radio show, Dr. Swiner. How are you this evening? Exceptionally well, I trust. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, indeed. Mutually a pleasure. I've been anticipating this for quite some time. And thank you immensely in exchange for carving out the time mm-hmm. to join us this evening. Well, Dr. Swiner, can you share with our listeners just a bit about yourself and your practice? Yes, I am a family doctor um, in North Carolina, and I have a private practice that I co-own with a partner of mine um, here in Durham. And what we do is we take care of, you know, the complete family uh, from start to finish. So we see, you know, from newborns fresh out of the hospital to transitioning into um, childhood, adulthood, um, OBGYN, women's health, um, not prenatal care, but definitely postnatal care, taking care of babies as, you know, in pediatrics and then ushering through geriatrics and all that comes with that. So it's it's a very interesting job and career to have. I enjoy getting to know the whole family, um, taking care of their mental and their medical health, and particularly um, women throughout all phases of their lives. So from fertility to having their own children to going through the the phases, the different changes that happens with our hormones and menopause and all of that. So that has definitely become more of a um, kind of a niche of mine. You know, as I go through different phases after having my own kids and I'm turning 40 this year, you know, kind of going through those phases with my patients, I've become much more, um, interested and heavily involved in women's health, so much so that I also kind of branched off about um, four or five years ago and started writing books on women's health and mental health um, and called it the Superwoman Complex. And so I have two books that I've written on that topic. Um, and so I go and I speak and I teach and counsel on self-care and work-life balance and women's health and the importance of taking care of ourselves um, as a complete person, um, and then being selfish and giving ourselves permission to be selfish because we, particularly as women, um, even more so, you know, women of color, we tend to to carry these burdens of taking care of everyone else before ourselves. And as a family physician, I end up seeing these women that suffer 
from medical and mental and emotional problems because of that. And if we can fix um, and physical as well, if I didn't mention that. But if we fix stress and we fix this imbalance at the root, then hopefully we can prevent all those medical issues that come out of that. So that's kind of been another a separate related but unrelated passion of mine. And then with that, I've been able to, ha- you know, have some events in the area nationally, and um, I help other clients to publish their own works. So if uh, women have their own story to tell or they want to transition out of a career that they feel burned out and then they want to, you know, share their story with the world or do something different, then uh, our publishing company helps them to get their works out into the world as well. So that's me in a nutshell. Oh, wow. You have uh, quite a bit on on your agenda, on your itinerary. <laughs> Find the time to accomplish all of this. Yes, you are indeed the quintessential superwoman. <laughs> that's so, right. <laughs> I, I, I applaud you for all of it. Thank yes, you. Yes, you clearly succeeded me in that regard. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, you, oh, you've succeeded. Mm-hmm. So, uh, doctors, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, what are some common myths and or fallacies pertaining to women's hygiene practices? We know about douching, uh, utilizing fragrant cleansers, products, bathing versus showering, cotton versus synthetic fat fabric underwear. I'm trying to reach out there and, and uh, think ahead and some of the questions that uh, listeners may potentially pose. Commode yeah. water splashing on genitalia, toilet seats. Is it accurate uh, that less is more regarding feminine hygiene? Well, you know, prior to us us coming on live, you were sharing a little bit of your experience. I don't know if you wanted to share those those things that you were talking to me about, but um, I certainly have very interesting and very open conversations. Did you want to kind of rehash what we were were talking about? Oh, absolutely. Basically, I was alarmed to discover when I mentioned that I – I've been told that I'm doing too much. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think that there was such a thing in the high hygiene department. Again, you know, how can you be too clean? Um, learning what not to use in terms of products, how that basically disrupts, uh, you know, the flora, the female pH balance. Uh, you mm-hmm. would ba- basically be the expert on that. Um, but cleansing, you know, I was overdoing it with the products that I was using and uh, just essentially causing more harm than good. Um, this, Basically, the jury's still being out with another practitioner stating that, oh, there's, you know, no problem. You know, water from the commode splashing on a woman's genitalia directly on her female genitalia, vaginal area. Oh, that's no mm-hmm. problem. No, no, no bother. It doesn't cause any issues. Um, I beg to differ with that. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's definitely you could, something that you could divulge on, which spurred me to have this episode because, what I discovered, you know, was uh, contrary to what I'd learned. You know, I knew about, mm-hmm. okay, get away from douching, leave that alone, more harm yeah. than good, but I welcome welcome your thoughts. Yes, so the, the douche controversy <laughs> is one that I debate regularly, especially when I'm seeing my ladies for their checkups and years and their, their yearly, um, yeah. because I do still have a number of women that, you know, grew up hearing their grandmothers and mothers talking about douching and how important that was to do after your menstrual cycle or after, you know, having, you know, an infection or something of that, that, you know, something of that nature. 
But over time, we have realized and we have, you know, seen scientifically that disrupting that that pH balance or that environment, you know, that environment internally in in our, what we were calling the nether regions, the vaginal area, that that area is very, it's very delicate, it's very sensitive, and it likes to have a certain amount of acid and a certain amount of base, you know, the plus and the minus. And if there's too much on the plus side, too much on the minus side, then it's easier to develop infections, whether it be yeast, BV, which is bacterial vaginosis, these are very common things that happen. Urinary tract infections that can start externally and enter the bladder through the vaginal area. Um, you know, we have to be very careful. So we've learned over over the last probably a couple of decades that douching is not recommended. Um, now, what I do tell my women is, you know, if you're feeling not so fresh or you had, a, you know, your, a menstrual cycle and you just want to feel kind of clean and, and refreshed that, um, you, you know, taking baths, again, that's mm-hmm. one thing that we don't, we talk about not necessarily doing daily because, again, it's, you know, being, quote, unquote, too clean is not always a good thing because you're, what you can do is with douching or taking too many baths is you can wash away the good bacteria that you need. So there are good bacteria, meaning, you know, there are things in the market called probiotics or prebiotics now um, mm-hmm. that we actually need there. You need some of that bacteria there to fight off the bad bacteria. And so if you're washing and rinsing and flushing too much, that gets rid of your defenses. Taking an occasional bath, um, you know, once a week or so, soaking in a nice warm bath. I even have some women that will pour just a little bit of, you know, apple cider vinegar, a little bit of vinegar into the water just because it makes them feel better. <laughs> you know, just to soak to soak and be clean um, every once in a while I think is a good idea. But actually internally flushing with, with douching just washes away too much of the good stuff. So that's why we talk about that. Um, now, you, I mean, the, the question of the toilet water splashing, that's a very interesting one. You know, I don't, I don't talk about that often. I certainly get where you're coming from, though, because, you know, it definitely is a – a, a weird feeling when sitting on the toilet and doing your business, having that that splash, you're like, oh, that that feels gross. <laughs> so I get it. It's very gross. Um, it's gross. Um, however, I don't think it's a huge huge concern. I mean, you certainly can protect yourself by, um, you know, like you said, you sometimes you know cover the toilet or you put uh, tissue paper into the toilet before you use it. I mean, do whatever you feel you know, make it a little bit more comfortable for you. But I don't think on a regular basis that that has been something that we've talked about causing a lot of infections over time. <laughs> um, and I'll bring in a little personal information myself. My husband's going to love that I'm sharing this. But he actually gifted us our toilet seat with a bidet. How, how familiar are you with bidets? Uh, somewhat familiar. Somewhat, uh, it's, yeah. it's one of those. It reminds me of the splash, though. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> so there's a filter. Okay, so there's a. He went online and and did the research and and found. I think he might even seen it on TV and then went online and did the research and read the stats and he's he's you know very big on like reading all the literature, making sure the research and all that stuff is up to date. But he went. He actually purchased us a bidet for our personal bathroom. So um, you know, <laughs> not to say that everybody should get one or. You know, I'm, I'm, they definitely don't have mobile ones that you take with you when you use other people's bathrooms. But, you know, it's it's filtered, so it, it has a separate water system than your usual, but not the water that's coming through the toilet. It's a separate system of water. And literally it kind of sprays the area 
after using mm-hmm. the restroom to get rid of any debris and help you feel a little bit cleaner. So that's been nice. <laughs> so that if you do get that extra splash and you don't want you don't feel like taking a complete shower, it's something that mm-hmm. you kind of wash. It's just an extra little flush to wash away um, some external debris. So, um, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting to have this conversation. So the last thing I will say about um, you know avoiding douching and avoiding taking too many baths. Um, is taking probiotics over the counter. So probiotics over the counter, there are mm-hmm. a slew of them, literally like a million different companies that are making a million different varieties of probiotics. And if you take them daily, what they are supposed to do is correct that pH imbalance and help rebuild um, the, the good bacteria that you may have lost, whether it's after having taken a lot of antibiotics, you know, you have to take things, certain things for infections, and that wipes away not only the bad bacteria, but also the good bacteria. Um, so probiotics can help prevent that. Probiotics are really good for preventing yeast. Uh, probiotics can also help with, like, uh, balancing your GI tract, so uh, constipation, diarrhea, and other health benefits. So you can take a probiotic, like a vitamin daily, to help kind of rebuild those defenses. I see. How mm-hmm. about, uh, oh, well, I've I've gone. I mean, I'm I'm a cotton girl. Underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's this notion of quote. I was reading about it. Going commando, being mm-hmm. you know, without underwear. Um, any yeah. thoughts on that? I I think it's fine. Um, cotton is better than you know silk and satin because we don't sweat as much with cotton, and cotton is a little bit less irritating to our our genital area. Um, once you get home, I think it's absolutely fine to go commando and sleep, you know, in your shorts without underwear or your nightgown without underwear because, you you know, your area does need to breathe. <laughs> you know, being, yes. being constricted and all that material and sweat and moisture, that definitely can breed infection. So if you're able to be free and let things air out, then do so. Um, I know, you know, with raising my kids, um, when they had diaper rashes, I would get the uh, encouragement a lot just to let them run around without the diaper, just to air things out, you know? Yes. It needs air and light. <laughs> okay. But you, you were yeah. saying it's, it's best best to do this at home and not necessarily out, you know, beyond your well. Well, I mean, I guess you could, yeah. If you feel comfortable without wearing, you know, undergarments, then, then yeah, I don't. there's no – there's no negative reason per se, you know, to wear your, um, unless, you know, you have on either pants that might scratch or rub and become kind of irritating um, to certain areas. But no, I mean, as long as you feel comfortable and, you know, socially, it's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly you are covered everywhere else. Um, No, medically speaking, I don't think there's any negative, uh, you know, consequence to not wearing undergarments. So you, you've divulged quite a few, a, a multitude of common sense practices for male and female listeners, gentlemen, fellas, I hope that you're listening, pertaining to women's hygiene practices pertaining to intimacy. Um, hence, what recommendations can you furnish to prevent women's complications or afflictions prior to intimacy, foreplay, hand washing, grooming, et cetera, prior to intercourse, manual or oral foreplay? Yes, um, and you mentioned a very another important thing right before we went live too is yes, women asking your partner 
you know, to be as clean as possible definitely does a lot for your cleanliness and your prevention of infection. So you were very, you know, you talked about having your partner, you know, wash their hands, you know, especially if they're coming out from outside or having worked all day, you know, the majority of infections we get from our hands having touched, you know, unclean surfaces all day long. So, yes. Very important. Everybody wash their hands for multiple reasons. But, yes, clearly before becoming intimate, um, you want to make sure that you're clean in many ways. You know, do you necessarily have to jump in the shower take an entire bath? Not necessarily, but if you, if you know you've been working hard all day and sweating and shaking people's hands and going into public restrooms, then absolutely you want to be as clean as you can. Um, even more importantly, or probably as important, will be for women um, to prevent things like you mentioned, bladder infections, UTIs, BV infections, et cetera, is uh, post-coital hygiene. So after having intercourse, getting up, going to the restroom, at least urinating, um, if not wiping off with a clean uh, towel, is very important because you want to wipe away that debris that can end up causing infection later. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so thank you for in the air on that. Um, are there certain illnesses and or afflictions that express themselves exclusively with females and vice versa? And if you could sound upon those. Yeah, exclusively. I guess anything that would have to do with the cervix and the uterus, because clearly men do not have those. Um, mm-hmm. However, we can be afflicted by the same bacteria or viruses. Um mm-hmm. So, so for instance, you know, if a uh, male uh, patient is is suffering from bacterial vaginosis or trichomonas, uh, which is a trichomonas is a sexually transmitted disease. B- BV is not, but it's a common genital infection. Men don't necessarily present the same way. So they might have a little bit of itching or a little increased odor. You know, they go to the restroom, maybe some discharge from the genital area, but definitely not the same way as women do. You know, we have the vaginal discharge, the itching and burning, um, the change of color of discharge, sometimes even um, cervical or, or abdominal pain from the uterine area being irritated. Um, so we, pre- we present a lot differently. Sometimes men don't even know that they have BV or they know or trichomonas. Sometimes we only check that or we only pick that, pick that up when we're doing routine screening. Um, so, again, I just... And also, as a disclaimer, I just want to encourage everyone also to be getting their yearly checkups and their STI um, screens on a regular basis, or STD, um, because often we don't know that we have these diseases. We don't know that we have chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV, um, herpes, et cetera, until we go and get those uh, one to two or once or twice a year screenings for STIs, for sexually transmitted infections. So I just want to throw that in, too. But... um, Primarily for women, you know, things like fibroids, um, endometriosis, adenomyosis, all of these things deal with the internal tissue of the uterus. Um, So clearly men would not suffer from that. Um, PID, pelvic inflammatory disease, again, can be related to similar bacteria that men can also be uh, become infected with, like chlamydia, gonorrhea, and all these things. But they, they infect and affect our womanly organs in a much, much greater way. So they spread, you know, some of these infections can start out small but then spread and become huge. Um, PID, unfortunately, 
often has to be treated in the hospital and sometimes even surgically if not taken care of correctly. So uh, we definitely have to take care of ourselves and get our checkups when needed. Yes. And um, I know there's another HPV. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that something that detected? I've always been heard that that's not something that necessarily is easily detected in a male but expresses itself in a female. That correct. And there are many different varieties and types of HPV. Um, the oh. the milder forms of HPV, both women and men can have as genital warts or anal warts. Um, however, some of the higher level, more extreme cases of HPV, you may not see, and you can only pick those up either with um, doing Pap smears. That's what Pap smears will pick up on with doing your cervical cancer screening. We also test now for HPV as we're doing a cervical screening. Um, so yeah, and you don't you don't necessarily feel that, you know, same as herpes, you may not know that you've been exposed, you may not know you have it, um, unless number one you have an outbreak, you have a, a painful sore that you go to get checked out uh, with your doctor, or you ask to be screened for it, you know. So yes, a lot of those things are silent. We don't know until we do the testing. And and are are those is that something that can be detected uh, in a male? Um, HPV, uh, herpes, yes, because we do that with blood and with uh, swab sampling. HPV, not necessarily for men. I mean, if they have an external wart and you test that or you see it clinically, you examine them, then yes. Mm-hmm. But it's as far as I'm, as far as I know, and you know, I have to check with my uh, infectious disease uh, colleagues. But as far as I know, there's no good quote screening test for a man for HPV. Not that I know of. Which leads mm-hmm. me to my final question. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any holistic, and again, getting back to the common sense questions that you could recommend just to sustain? You've covered quite a bit of ground already, so that might be redundant, but just to mm-hmm. sustain healthy genital reproductive health. Um, and, oh, we've got uh, oral. Um, yes. Oral uh, gratification. <laughs> yes. So, but, and again, this, you know, side note disclaimer. Um, please use condoms, protect yourself. There are dental dams, even if you, you know, during oral sex, uh, you know, using um, a condom on the male penis or using a dental dam for men, um, it can be very protective. Um, And you have to experiment with your partner and find what's comfortable for you. But, yes, there are, unfortunately, illnesses and infections that can be passed back and forth this way. So please protect yourself and get tested. I want to yeah, shout out, I'm, I'm working with a, a community organization called Durham Knows here, and their um, their handle is Knowing is Sexy on, on Facebook, but it's a, a big organization here in Durham, North Carolina, helping to spread HIV awareness, prevention, treatment, FTI prevention, all that good stuff. So I have to shout them out real quick. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you know that you are prone or that you've had history of things like yeast and chronic BV, um, avoiding those things that we've already talked have talked about, taking probiotics can be very helpful. Um, and then taking your multivitamins or making sure that your diet is high in certain things like zinc or uh, vitamin A, uh, A, C, and E can be very helpful as an anti-inflammatory or prevention of disease. Those big four are probably the ones that I talk to <clears throat> patients about that have things like herpes or have HPV or warts, things that can flare from time to time because they seem to, there are a lot of studies that show 
that increasing your vitamin intake of those types can prevent flares and prevent having acute episodes of those infections. Oh, oh and quit smoking. So... That's the other thing. No smoking. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Biggie. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, I know we're getting down to the wire. How can our listeners contact and, and or follow you in addition to the um, information that you've given? Yes. So I'm at Doc Swiner, D-O-C-S-W-I-N-E-R, on almost all social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube. Um, so please uh, reach out to me there. Um, I, Like I said, I have my books on Amazon, on Kindle, and on Audible for audiobooks. It's How to Avoid the Superwoman Complex. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, feel free to shoot me an email or schedule some time to talk, you know, about self-care, work-life balance, publishing. Um, if you have an event and need a workshop or a speaker, presenter, please let me know. Um, I would love to connect with you all. Oh, thank you very kindly. Actually, Dr. Swiner, if you could stand by just momentarily. I'd like to applaud, thank, and affirm Dr. C. Nicole Swiner for carving out the time, space, and energy from her unduly demanding regimen to render her expertise and wisdom this evening. Moreover, I commend my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, for your unwavering support, alongside all of you magnifying listeners worldwide. I humbly beckon your continued listenership as this platform rests upon your very broad shoulders. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales. Signing off.